0: ladies and gentlemen fellas 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 welcome in right now to the week nine we're closing up we're closing up shop and the entire week right now on these final thoughts for week nine we're going through every single position like we usually do right here so settle down right now the whole goal is to inform you as much as you can so relax those shoulders take your shoes off because we're going to try and help you win some dollar rooskies. the more information that you have through these videos through some of the patreon content through any of the questions that you might ask me and hopefully i can get to answering them on discord on patreon whatever it might be that all of that combined trying to help you prepare for this week and and there's a lot of ways to do so, especially from a GPP standpoint, if you're looking to try and get an edge on your opponents. Again, the whole point here is not to just try and prioritize scoring the most points. That's what you do in a cash on it. That's fine there, right? Play the optimal lineup. The point is to try and outbeat and beat your opponents, do what they're not doing, exploit their weaknesses. And it's going to be part of the show from stacking and game theory and a whole lot more on Patreon link down below projections rankings. And I'm very happy to announce this week. Yes, yes, yes. Everybody hold on to yourselves right now. Settle yourselves down. Hold on to your chairs because we now have ownership over on Patreon as of today, Friday. So if you signed up yesterday if you sign up today if you sign up this week you want to be getting ownership projections later this week on patreon that's going to help you a ton from a gpp standpoint so now when we actually have that closing thoughts podcast on sunday on patreon it's going to help even more so you can look at the projections and the game by game notes but also the ownership projections to just understand where that leverage is and there's a lot of more things that can come out of these ownership projections from a leverage rating to a lot of other stuff so be sure to check them out link down below patreon.com backslash sal underscore underscore and before we get into it hit the like hit the subscribe if you're brand new here we're gonna have a bunch of stats popping up from the game by game notes i'll discuss some of the projections a lot of stuff going on here position by position quarterback running back wide receiver tight end we're gonna discuss i don't want to talk about no kickers wherever you're getting kickers still these days in dfs and i'm definitely not talking about no defenses because we don't want that shit in here we're gonna get that shit out of here it's a bunch of randomness i can tell really quickly people who have not watched my content a ton because they ask about defenses and i don't even write the beginning week i delete them from the spreadsheet i don't even look at my defenses exposures i don't even know how much of each defense i have until after the games are over and i go hopefully i had some Miami defense last week scoring 26 points in the first half alone but welcome in right now everybody like subscribe before you get going and I want to let you know what this video is sponsored by and brought to you by right now jock market so jock market I've been partnering up with during the NFL season on these videos and the Sunday live streams and basically what jock market is they take daily fantasy sports and they turn it into an, and they clash it really with a stock exchange so what you're doing there is you're buying shares you're getting to own shares for that specific week of players and the whole point here is to obviously have those shares increase in value and not decrease so this is what happens you basically have to buy players at shares and. Their bidding window on 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. East Coast time, a four-hour window of bids, and it gets crazy in that last hour, and really like the last 15 to 30 minutes, everybody's throwing their bids in. It's like eBay—you're trying to bid as low as you can, but obviously, if you bid too low, somebody else is going to outbid you. So you want to bid as low as you can, but still have enough to actually get that player's shares. And then basically, if you're playing like Devontae Adams every single week, or just players who do well that specific week—the Joe Mixon week earlier this year was huge, Tyler Lockett a couple of weeks so far this year, especially two weeks ago, DK Metcalf last week—when you buy them at a lower price or just whatever price, honestly, if you want to. Pay top dollar and you think they're going to have a big week like some of these prime players have been having well then their shares are going to increase based on where they finish in overall fantasy points that week you buy a guy who right now probably sells at on average like a fair price of like 15th overall based on his rankings but he finishes first overall you're going to see a huge return on your investment so jock market the app is linked up down below you can get it in Canada as well if you're a canadian listener so be sure to download that app down below again that is j-o-c-k jock market linked down below in the description and we can discuss a little bit more on sunday once the market goes live from 8 a.m to noon eastern during our live stream. So let's get into it now, starting with the quarterback position, what you're going to see at the quarterback position is you're probably going to see some guys actually pick up ownership this week. So just in general, from an ownership standpoint, again, now we have it on Patreon, so I can actually reference this, you're probably going to see the guys that pick up the most ownership in both sides of that Seattle and Buffalo game, because that game in general is picking up a lot of ownership, probably around 10% each, but also Deshaun Watson, because of his cheap price point for how many fantasy points this guy is just putting up 25 plus per game as of late, he's averaging 25 per game on the season, he's probably going to be maybe the highest owned player up there with Rush and Josh Allen, I expect all those guys to be pushing about 10 plus percent ownership this week, which gives us a little bit nice leverage on Patrick Mahomes actually going lower owned, which is fair this week because there's other options on the slate. Kyler Murray's actually going a little bit under owned here and Miami's defense has been good and he's priced up and Russ is on the slate. So I understand why, but none of these ownerships are going to be like 2%. Those guys will still be like five or 6%. Herbert's picking up some ownership. And then basically any other name that I didn't say, Matt Ryan, you could expect like 5% ownership. A bunch of those guys, you could probably expect somewhere between 5% and lower. And again, those projections will be updated on Saturday and Sunday. So if some news happens, which is probably going to happen, and you're like, "So what's what's the new updates now? I'll be like, well, go check Patreon. It's on there. So specifically, I'm trying to filter down this player pool. We'll probably filter it down even more. I usually get a lot of Deshaun Watson. I'll be honest with you. I usually get a lot of Deshaun Watson because his pieces are just very cheap. He usually grades out very well himself. There's some upside there. So I mean, we'll see how much I get this week, but I'm usually going to get a good amount of him. I've been getting a lot of Herbert and Mahomes as of late. But now we have a situation where Russell Wilson's actually cheaper and Tyler Lockett is cheap. We have a situation where Kyler Murray is just projecting out right now for me as my best overall quarterback projection wise, which is something that's rare. Usually that's going to be Patrick Mahomes' job. So Kyler Murray, a positive 24% pass blocking advantage. You can see on the screen right now ranks fifth overall in pass blocking is what his offensive line is looking like in Miami this year. Look, they're tied for second in overall press rate at 34%. This defense, not only in the secondary, but also up front, has been very good so far this year, only allowing their opponents to throw for 250 yards per game. Right now you're getting 36 attempts per game out of Kyler Murray. He's currently number six overall in accuracy and he's averaging 28.9 fantasy points per game. That's not counting DraftKings. DraftKings, he's right around 30 fantasy points per game, which only currently Russell Wilson is looking better. He's number one. 437 rushing yards. You get that whole upside on the ground, and 9.3 carries per game is third in the NFL. Kyler is a yes for me. The clear stacking options in your groups, at least, I'll probably include Andy Isabella and guys like that in there. But my clear stacking options are one, DeAndre Hopkins. If you want to do just a one-man stack, I always run it back with somebody on their other team: Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Gusecki, one or two of those guys. but Then your second stack option would probably be Christian Kirk. At that point, next up is Russ, and Russ, honestly, I said it on the Awesome Show on Tuesday, that the live show for the first look, that yeah, 7,600 to Russ when he's 8K I normally don't get a lot because you have these receivers being expensive, and they literally have no other options that I want. Now, David Moore, their wide receiver three, has three games this year of 13 plus fantasy points, and that's good to see at his price point, but he's very touchdown dependent. And if you're pairing him with this quarterback, that's fine to put him in your groups. So I would put David Moore in the groups. I think Will Disley at 2700 is a nice punting option, but we all know what we're doing here. We're trying to get DK Metcalf and or and hopefully the or in there, should get the big upside, both of these guys in there. If there's a huge rush game of four or five touchdowns, Lockett and Metcalf are probably feasting on that. So this week is a little bit cheaper. Russ is not in the AK range. I mean, you have a below $7,000 Tyler Lockett. The problem is That Metcalf is now expensive. So getting those full-on stacks, especially if you want to try and run it back with anybody with upside on the opposite side in Stefan Diggs, it becomes difficult. So you're probably looking at run back options here of I would assume probably a John Brown, probably a Cole Beasley, so you can get something cheaper on the opposite side in a lot of these games. But the team total at 28.75 looks very good. It's not going to be the greatest pass blocking advantage. Or Russell Wilson this week, who's going up against Buffalo's number three overall pass rush, but Wilson throwing 36 times per game, number nine in deep attempts per game, so a lot of upside there, and fourth overall in yards per attempt at 8.4. We like Russ. We like the rush. Upside as well, thirty-seven yards per game currently. Next up is Watson, and if I had to guess again, I believe that he'll probably be the highest-owned quarterback. But keep in mind, him being the highest-owned quarterback might be like maybe it hits fifteen percent, but that's not including stacks. So if you're at least team stacking one player, or hopefully you're game stacking, right, three, four, five players from that specific game. If you're going to be doing that, those stacks will probably come in somewhere around I don't know, maybe like two percent on. And that's if you're playing higher stakes. If you're playing like the Millie maker, they're not going to be like even one percent on at that point. A full-on game stack. If you're playing higher stakes, you have to think a little bit more because everybody's probably trying to team or game stack. But Watson at seventy-one. He looks very good for me. Uh, On Patreon right now, down below in the projections, he's my number one overall point per dollar quarterback play. Again, he looks very strong. He has a positive 55% pass blocking advantage, and he currently has the second best pass blocking unit. So far, that's what you are looking at this week. Jacksonville's defense has been terrible, and that's what we expect. They started off kind of hot. They looked a little bit phony. They're 24th in pass rush and 28th in coverage this year, and their pressure rating is third worst in the NFL. So right now, what you're getting out of Watson is he's targeting downfield. He's currently ninth in air yards. He's currently attempting 34 passes per game, and you're also getting the rushing upside from him. He's fourth and true pass rating, and fourth and deep ball completion percentage, which helps both Brandon Cooks, but then obviously Will Fuller. Your clear stacking options here in the groups that I would put together are basically in this order, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, and then Randall Cobb. Brandon Cooks has been fantastic the last couple of weeks, and Fuller has your upside downfield. It's going to be a good matchup. A couple weeks back against Jacksonville was a fine spot as well, so we're going to be going back to the well at 7,100. Herbert at $6,800. Look, Herbert's been very well. You know the clear stacking options of Keenan Allen, Michael Williams. Actually, would go with probably a stack here of Keenan Allen, Michael Williams. Hunter Henry is still in play, and his price point's dipping. He's just not finding the end zone. He's getting a decent amount of targets. You can't expect 20 points a game out of Hunter Henry, but if you get 10 to 12, that's pretty good at this point. The passing yards just aren't there downfield at this point. He's not doing anything after the catch. So for more upside against the weak outside cornerback play of the Las Vegas Raiders. I'd be going to Keenan Allen plus Mike Williams on the outside right now. In my primary stack, you still get Mike Williams at a fair price point. Keenan Allen has now come up, but $7,000 is still fine for what he's been doing. They're projected for four touchdowns in this game, over 300 yards per game right now for Justin Herbert. You can see on the screen, Chargers have a 7% pass blocking advantage this week. And the Vegas defense ranks 32nd dead last in pass rush, 29th in pressure rating, and dead last also in coverage. This is a terrible secondary. I want to talk to the outside since Herbert will have time. That's when Mike Williams can have some big games. And Mahomes is going to be a yes from. I mean, the main reason Mahomes is going to be a yes for me is he's maybe even going to be that one dude. If he dips below 5% ownership, he's projected right now for 5% ownership, plus 22% pass blocking advantage this week for Mahomes against a top 10 Carolina pass rush. So you might actually have to see Mahomes get the ball out a little bit quicker, which helps Tyreek, who's been playing primarily out of the slot, which basically helps Travis Kelsey in the middle of the field. I don't think it's anything going to be anything of major concern. 36 attempts per game right now. He's eighth overall in deep attempts per game, and he's averaging 289 yards per game. He continues to be right around top five, also in air yards. So you always have that upside with guys. I mean, like, McCoy Cole Harman having a career day, career high nine targets and seven receptions last time. If Watkins is out, expect that to continue, which only is going to make this offense more efficient, better and help Mahomes even more. They have a week high 31 and a half overall team implied total. So once again, they're projected for over four touchdowns to score in this game. They're 10 and a half point favorites, but I expect Carolina to at least keep this thing close, even if they're up by 10 most of the game. It's not like Mahomes is coming out at any point in that game. So Patrick Mahomes at $8,100. The clear stacking options are Tyreek and Kelsey just in that order. But then you have Harman coming on last week with the best role that he's seen all season long. And then DeMarcus Robinson, keep an eye on what happens to the health right now of Sammy Watkins. I have no interest in putting Le'Veon Bell or Clyde Edwards-Lair in a home stack. So far, out of all the teams we talked about, I will not be stacking up any of these quarterbacks with their running backs. I don't think it adds up that much. Josh Allen will be my final yes against Seattle. Look, he's going to pick up ownership. It makes sense. This is like the ideal spot. Look, he hasn't scored over 18 fantasy points since week four. He's honestly been bad the last month of the season at this point, and the Bills are starting to lose some games. Now he gets a matchup against Seattle, which is by far the best in the slate for a quarterback. The next closest would be Drew Locke against Atlanta, but it's still the best matchup on the slate, and you always want to be trying to target quarterbacks in slight underdog spots, especially if they have a good team total. Well, the guy who actually hits the nail on the head so far out of all the quarterbacks we've talked about, a slight underdog in a decent team total spot, right? And he's going to be going up in a good matchup against Seattle. Josh Allen right now, 25.75. It's up to 26 now implied team total as three point underdogs. That all looks very good at this point. Again, the issue for Josh Allen has just been overall, this offense in general has fallen apart. He has not been as efficient. He has not been as accurate. Now he gets a positive 35% pass blocking matchup against Seattle's number 30 overall pass rush. He not scored again. 18 or more fantasy points since week four. I think that right now, based on my projections, I have him getting there this week. He looks pretty good. My only other interest would be Matt Ryan and Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater would be a nice spot to kind of get. You're not even going to get leverage, but he's going to be low owned. Matt Ryan will probably come in with decent ownership. Keep an eye on Calvin Ridley's injury, but I think this Denver defense is kind of becoming a little bit fraudulent as of late. Ryan averaging over 307 yards per game. And then you can get Teddy Bridgewater on the low right now, probably around 2 or 3% owned at this point. Problem is they only have a 21 implied team total, but the stacking options are pretty clear and obvious. Now, Curtis Samuel's coming on the last couple of weeks, but he's also being involved on the ground. Having back-to-back weeks of rushing touchdowns, that's not going to hold up. It's still DJ Moore. It's still Robbie Anderson out there with huge target shares of over 22% each. So I'm not sure how much I get to Teddy Bridgewater. It's just like a salary saver if you need to get to it. Their stacks are relatively cheap, but I think there's a lot of better options this week. We now move over to the running back position, and it'll be highlighted up top by Dalvin Cook, the man who scores four touchdowns last week. And look, he's going to have another nice matchup this week against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions right now, and in this game, he's going to be a four-point favorite, but the Lions right now is going to allow a positive 20% run blocking advantage as they rank 19th overall so far this year year and run defense and 20th in tackling that's not good by any means For like two two and a half years straight matt patricia comes from new england supposed to be a good defensive mind he has not pretty much done that you could argue he hasn't had the talent but he's basically shipping his talent out as well so once again in the division matchup against detroit it's going to be a nice spot for him he's averaging 20.2 carries per game only one of a few guys who can actually say that averaging 23.5 opportunities per game currently if you factor out the small sample size of christian McCaffrey, that's actually going to be number three in the slate only behind josh jacobs and derrick henry the upside though compared to those other two running backs in josh jacobs and derrick henry is Dalvin Cook is actually seeing work in the passing game. Seeing, seeing 3.2 targets per game currently on the season. He's also averaging 9.1 yards per reception. So he's being very efficient on his receptions. Now this is skewed. He had the big touchdown run yesterday, last week against the Packers for 50 yards, but that's currently fourth. And he's number two in yards created at this point. He's breaking tackles. He has the offensive line play actually working in his favor. Another good matchup here. He's ninth overall on Jock Market. I honestly probably don't buy his price on Jock Market that much this week. Probably fade in and go to some of these other running backs that we're about to talk about. Fine price on Super Draft, fine price on DraftKings at 8,200. Dalvin Cook at the top. I do think that he's obviously going to be picking up some ownership, but I don't think it'll be as much as people expect, but that expensive price tag and some expensive quarterbacks this week that I want to play, maybe he doesn't even hit 15%. Right now I have him at below 15% owned. Again, right now, all the projections for ownership and just points and rankings and a bunch of other stuff can be found down below my Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore underscore to check it out. Next up is James Conner right now. They don't have the greatest of run blocking overall. They're 30th in that department. So even against Dallas, who's been very bad 29th run defense, it might not be the greatest offensive versus defensive line advantage because you have a bad run blocking line versus a bad defensive line in general. Dallas ranked 16th in tackling, but this is still a very bad team. James Conner is just continuing to be disrespected. Like every week, he's only like 5% on Yes, his passing game has not been the same, but he's getting at least some work there, but nowhere near the same. Right now, James Conner is averaging 3.3 targets per game, but not that much efficiency after the catch to this point. He has created 192 yards, which is the 11th most on the season so far. He's averaging 16 carries per game at this point, And right now he's ninth overall in red zone touches. So you're getting that efficiency. You're getting a player who's coming into this game as a 13 and a half point favorite versus a Dallas team that has not been good this year. Now, Dallas is not a lot of touch touchdowns running backs, but in terms of efficiency and overall yardage, they have allowed a good amount. James Conner has been efficient, not only in yards created, but actually evading tackles overall ninth in that department. And with Dallas being at best middle of the pack and bottom half of the league and tackling, it should be a good spot for James Conner, who even in a spot like this, you'd expect maybe 20% on James Conner. He's kind of priced for it, but I don't even know if he hits that number. I think he probably comes in closer to 15%, 36th overall in jock market in the rankings. I mean, if you can buy him there and he finishes above that, you get a positive ROI. Below that, you get a negative ROI on jock market, the presenting sponsor. I think that's a fair price point. Probably stay away from that as well. So next up is Josh Jacobs with Vegas, and they're going to come in as a one-point underdog. You have to just be in mind, like if he's going to be in neutral game scripts or last week where they're basically leading the whole time in like a 16-6 to pretty wonky win, it's going to be a nice spot to get to him. He has those 30-plus touches on the ground last week, and that's good to see. But he has 31 touches for 128 yards. Not all that efficient because his offensive line has not been good this year. Just 28th so far out of 32 teams in run blocking. He's going to have a negative matchup this week, even though the Chargers ranked 22nd in run defense and 14th in tackling. That's how bad his offensive line is. So his price only comes up $100, even though he's second in the NFL around. On this slate at least right now and in the nfl with 24.6 opportunities per game and he's actually seeing targets 3.6 targets per game as well the issue right now for josh jacobs for me is the ownership right now projecting josh jacobs to be the highest owned running back if you're trying to get different in some of your lineups, there's obviously a lot of running backs you can see on the screen right now and if, obviously we're going through them if you're listening on the podcast version so it's difficult to want to play the chalky running back who doesn't have the most elite pass game, passing game role when i can get different elsewhere now obviously if you're game stacking the ownership doesn't matter as much because you can still get different jacobs price point is fair based on my projections right now if i pull over to patreon Jacobs is my number one running back point for dollar play. So make sure it makes sense that the ownership is there. But just be conscious of the fact that he's probably going to be, if not the highest on running back, one of the two or three highest one running backs this week. So Josh Jacobs definitely in play because he gets all the volume. They're coming into this one as slight underdogs, but still he's implied for a 26 implied team total. And he is at this point basically due for a rushing touchdown. It's been a while based on the touches that he's getting. If the game does stay relatively close, expect 20 plus touches. If they get out to a double digit lead at any point in this game, expect close to 30 touches. That's the upside in him. And the price only comes up hundred dollars. The only caution is that ownership. Next up, is david johnson who remains a yes for me even after weeding out some things this week so david johnson is probably going to be coming in with some ownership i would say that he's right around average like you're gonna have like a couple guys popping off for 20 plus percent on but then a lot of these running backs are gonna be like 12 to 15 percent on so i'm not as concerned with his ownership he's seen 18 or more touches in four straight games he's getting a lot of work in the passing game even with duke johnson back so that's good to see running 30 routes before the bye week so david johnson right now is going to have a positive run blocking advantage as a touchdown favorite in this game and he just for some reason is just sent to purgatory here in this five thousand dollar price range he never hits like six thousand the fellas do not want to put him up. Fellows at DraftKings in Boston are looking at David Johnson and they're seeing all the group think on Twitter saying that he's dust and he's terrible. Same thing for Todd Gurley. All their efficiency numbers might actually scream that, might actually say that. But last time I checked, David Johnson is number one in yards per reception overall right now at 10.1 yards per reception. Last time I checked, he's actually top twenty in running backs and evaded tackles for this dusty player. So he's third overall in route run. So the usage is there and he's not complete dust. So all the group think on Twitter, DraftKings, fellas over at DraftKings, you gotta get yourself straightened out. Put David Johnson in the sixth carry range so I can't play him and stop losing my money at this point. But David Johnson Johnson is actually fine in the end zone as well you do have four touchdowns so far the season for david johnson i actually like him at 5600 i'm not going to put him in my groups with deshaun watson so if i'm playing david johnson it means i do not have any of the other probably maybe i can have a pass catcher in there like a i can have a will fuller and david johnson i'm okay with that but i'm not going to be stacking him up with this quarterback deshaun watson next up is justin jackson and now it might be a three-headed backfield after tromaine pope came along but he's still getting a ton of touches he's coming off of last week seeing or basically on the season 5.3 yards per touch which is 17th in the nfl and last week he saw a 46% snapshot that was by far the highest on the team for the los angeles chargers they come in as one point favorites with a 27 implied team total he saw 20 total touches and he ended up seeing 150 plus total yards last week 89 on the ground 53 in the air Caught all five of his targets that's where his upside is going to be now troy main pope saw seven targets and caught five of those so hopefully pope doesn't keep creeping into this role but justin jackson now two out of three weeks as the primary back in this offense seeing 20 plus touches the only week that he doesn't sandwich in between there two weeks ago nobody really saw work in the backfield so at 4900 the issue is he will be owned like he's not going to be a 5% on diamond in the rough he's 4900 with Two out of the last three weeks, seeing 20 plus touches and a ton of passing game involvement. And you're going to see a touchdown come sooner or later for him. So, Joshua Kelly getting very much so phased out, only 23% of the snaps, less than Troy main Pope's 30% last week. He only had seven carries and one reception. So, it looks like Justin Jackson's backfield for 15 plus touches. And this does seem to be a neutral to positive game script. Expect somewhere around 15% ownership for him, but I do think he's a fine play. That passing game involvement has been very good so far. So, we started this week with Christian McCaffrey as a maybe because I'm only going to project him for like 80% of his role or 85%. So, that's like 19.5 fantasy. Points instead of like 24 fantasy points, right? Somewhere around there is 23. So McCaffrey right now though, everything out of the reports is he's not activated yet, but he looks like his normal self. They're saying that he looks fantastic out there. And if all the reports are saying that he's fully healthy at this point, why not just start to project him for 90 or 95% of his workload? Now you can say if they're actually playing the Chiefs and get down big in this one, they can take him out and pull him, but I don't want to project for that if people are going to be thinking that, and that's what the ownership is saying. Because right now we're at least looking at on these projections Christian McCaffrey to come in with not that much ownership. And I expect this to update as people get more confidence and once he's activated, but if Christian McCaffrey's gonna come in with 10 to 12 Ownership again by Saturday and Sunday. I'll update Patreon. Maybe it'll be 15 or 20 percent. But if he's going to come in with 10 to 12 percent ownership, and in three weeks, we look back when he's ten thousand dollars again and we say, Wow, nobody wanted to play Christian McCaffrey at eighty five hundred dollars against the Chiefs who don't have a great run defense and a situation where he's probably going to see like seven or eight targets. So, yes, I do think this is a totally different offense. Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, even Curtis Samuel now all being heavily involved since Christian McCaffrey's out and they just had to alter their offense. So, maybe the need to check down to McCaffrey isn't there as much. But I do think that McCaffrey at this price point is very much in play. I moved him to a yes because nobody wants to own him at this point. The pet run defense for Kansas City is twentieth, bottom third in the league right now. And in week one, you saw him have 26 touches, 134 yards and two touchdowns. Week two, he gets hurt. He sees 22 touches, another two touchdowns on 88 yards. So if he looks good, he's all healthy out there. I'm expecting somewhere in 20 plus touch range. And if he's going to be getting that, hopefully a good amount of them, seven or so touches can be in the receiving game as a 10 point underdog. That's going to be a big upside. McCaffrey's a yes. Then I have some maybe James Robinson. The issue with James Robinson, seven point underdog, but he's like the only decent run back option with Jake Luton starting. I would start actually LaVisca Chenault in your stacks over for a discount over DJ Shark. I don't think Shark on the outside is going to have a lot of opportunity for Luton, who in college was not very good and was a check down monster and not downfield target. So that's actually going to hurt DJ Shark. So I don't really want much of him. And then you have James Robinson, who probably will get some check down, So that's where it helps. But he's going to be owned at this point. He has a nice run back option. I don't know if I play him as a one off David Montgomery being heavily involved running the most routes over the last five weeks out of any running back. He's involved. He's going to be in play. It looks like Kenny Drake has not practiced Wednesday or Thursday. If He's going to be out. I have more interest in Chase Edmonds at 6,800. I'll put up some of the Chase Edmonds numbers right now for you. Edmonds has seen 32 targets and basically is one point behind kenny drake on overall fantasy points this year even though he's been primarily the backup 32 targets is eighth in the nfl and his 26 receptions is seventh again as primarily a backup as of late he's seen a 13.6 percent target share i mean if this guy takes over he's just gonna be absolutely fantastic he's priced for it though at 6800 you have kenny drake you can see here with an ankle injury questionable but unlikely to play has not practiced this week currently the 29th ranked run blocking unit is not that great but the Dolphins rank 27th overall in run defense they get pressure on their defensive line but they cannot stop the run because they're 28th in tackling looks like a really nice spot for Chase Edmonds. He will push towards a yes the second that we get Kenyon Drake at least ruled out or I see a did not play and did not practice on Friday. I'll then expect him to be fully out. It's going to be a great option, especially in a favorable matchup here. So you can see the rest of the stats on the screen. 5.6 true yards per carry, third overall in the NFL. 7.2 overall yards per touch right now for Chase Edmonds, second in the NFL and third in breakaway run rate. Like this guy is actually providing like top five running back usage in a small sample size. If that can actually move over to a bigger sample size now, he's going to be absolutely dynamite and he'll switch quickly to a yes. I made Ezekiel Elliott. I made Antonio Gibson nose at this point. And then the only other guy I would look at is DeAndre Swift at five thousand dollars for a cheap price point and a pivot off of Justin Jackson because DeAndre Swift will not be at owned at all and that makes sense because Justin Jackson is getting like double the workload than him right now. So we move on to the wide receivers now and as we do, please do take a second of your time, hit the like button, hit the big old subscribe button, fellas and ladies out there, I appreciate that a ton. And wide receivers, you guys might be proud of me. Normally this is like forty long. It probably will be by the time I get my exposures, a bunch of one percent guys and all that, making it longer. But right now for this video, there's only twenty nine. They might be saying, oh my god, twenty nine wide receiver style. Yeah, I mean if I'm going to play like somewhere around six to eight quarterbacks or maybe even ten if I get. Like one or two percent of a guy, well, I'm gonna be stacking it up with one or two or maybe even three of their wide receivers if they have a pretty good three wide receiver depth, like the Steelers. I don't think I'm gonna play much Big Ben this week, but like the Steelers have good three wide receivers that can have some upside. Like the Houston Texans is a perfect example. Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, and Cobb, I'll have all of those guys. So right there from just one quarterback, I have three wide receivers. So it makes pretty much sense that it makes pretty easy sense, at least, that I can get up to like 30 plus, 40 plus receivers. But at 29 right now, so we started off the guys up top. I don't have to talk too much about these guys. You know how good they are. Starting with DeAndre Hopkins, it's a nice stacking spot for Kyler Murray. And Murray's gonna be a little bit lower on than we thought hopkins right now coming off a of bye week it's looking good a matchup against byron jones it's a positive matchup even for hopkins against jones these guys like hopkins and adams and whoever else keenan allen it's just no issue for them in terms of their matchup it's a nice spot he's third overall in target share this year at 31 percent he's seeing a 27 percent red zone target share and even at his expensive price point of 8200 highest on the slate of any wide receiver he's still my sixth overall point per dollar value on the projections on patreon i've been projected for 21.7 fantasy points the most out of any wide receiver he's 13th overall in jock market actually, I actually think it's a pretty nice spot to be getting him he's currently number one in yards after the catch so he's getting all this volume and he's also still very efficient after the catch 317 yards after the catch averaging the fourth most fantasy points per game at 20.5 DeAndre Hopkins obviously in play for me next up Julio Jones Julio since he's returned has just been an absolute monster everybody wanted to say that this guy was dead he has the number two overall matchup on the week this week against Denver and what they're going to be throwing out there from either AJ Boye who's just dust at this point or I believe it's OJume so if that's going to be the case OJume is allowing 1.43 yards per cover snap this year as you can see on the screen right now since the return of Julio Jones in three weeks 23 catches 300 36 yards and two touchdowns on 29 targets as i put here right now on the screen still elite he, julio at 7200 an obvious stacking option for i think is going to be a little bit lower owned of a game like matt ryan julio plus hopefully ridley's healthy running it back with somebody on denver probably either jerry judy or noah fan i actually like getting a tight end that tight end in your stack so you don't have to worry too much about filling a terrible position otherwise that seems like a pretty good spot next up is Tyreek kill who scored a touchdown in seven out of his eight games a positive 41 matchup is the top five matchup on the slate against jeremy shin and yes jeremy chin is a slot cornerback if you've been paying attention for. To just my videos and just a lot of stuff, he's a slot cornerback for the Panthers, and that's because Tyreek Hill has primarily been a slot wide receiver this year. 59% of his snaps out of the slot now he goes out wide, 19% out right, 20% out left. He's seen a 19% target share this year and 6.8 per game. Number six in errors, the big play upside is there. Carolina, nobody's going to be guarding this guy. Jeremy Shannon, in the slot is not going to have any interest in trying to attempt to guard him, and nobody on the outside will even have a chance at all. Dante Jackson's not going to have a chance. Rashad Douglas, these guys are terrible, in my opinion. That also keeps mccall Harmon in play the marcus robinson in play all these guys are in play harman will have a matchup against rashad douglas positive positive 37 he's gonna have a huge speed advantage a 4-3 guy versus a false 4-6 guy and if sammy watkins is out you're coming off of career high games the second most routes run for mccall harman but he had a season high i believe in snaps last week and he saw nine targets on seven receptions also a season high 96 yards and a touchdown he was the clear wide receiver two behind tyreek in the usage if not the wide receiver one if you wanted to argue overall target share so mccall harman definitely in play robinson still in play in groups as a cheap punt option who still gets a lot of routes run and snaps and last week saw Targets and a touchdown. So as it seems, it's been for like three or four straight weeks. Even with the price bump from 6,200, where he's been for the past two weeks for some odd reason, now he's 7K Keenan Allen. Likely matchup is going to be fantastic against Marcus Joyner in the slot. Pro Football Focus has it as a positive 40% matchup. He lines up in the slot 44% of the time, out left 34% of the time. So he'll also see some Lawson on the outside again. A fine matchup for him. He's currently balling out from a contested catch standpoint. Last week another 11 targets doesn't matter. He's seeing 10 plus targets every week that he's healthy. Nine catches, 67 yards and a touchdown, which seemed like a bad game for him. This man seemed like he had a bad game and he scores over 20 fantasy points. He's seen 10 or more targets in five out of the seven games. And in one of those games, he actually left early in the first quarter with an injury after posting two catches, 20 plus yards and a touchdown. So he's once again, for like the fourth week in a row, my number one value play point per dollar bang for your buck Keenan. Allen projected for 19 and a half fantasy points. It makes him look like a strong cash game play. He's still in play and a lot of Herbert sacks, of course, as well. You can hit on both Seattle wide receivers at once because obviously they're both going to be in play for me, or maybe it's not obvious, but on the Lockett side of things, I like his matchup better. He's in the slot right now, Lockett a good amount of the time. You're currently getting 56% slot snaps, top 10 in the NFL. Matchup against Teron Johnson is going to be a positive 29% matchup at this point. Johnson's allowing the fourth worst on the slate catch percentage, so it's very good for Lockett at 81%. And then DK Metcalf actually has a very difficult matchup against Trey White, but Metcalf's been so good this year, one of the best pro football focused wide receivers and just in general, the eye test, he's been fantastic. I still think it's an okay spot to get to Metcalf for a guy who probably comes in with a little bit less ownership than he should. Because of this matchup, I think that in the price point too, I think that you're going to see DK Metcalf below single digit, like in single digit ownership, maybe, around 8% on 10% on this week. That's very good if your people are going to be scared away from this because he's still seeing over eight targets per game. He's currently number two in the NFL in air yards and his yards perception of 18.9 is number five in the NFL. You get some slot usage to get away from Tredavious White, 15% on the season. So Tredavious White has been fine, but he's still allowing a 65% catch rate. I think it's still a fine spot for DK. Not a great spot based on the price point, but the ownership allows it to be a good spot for him. I prefer Lockett at this point, but Lockett will be one of the highest owned wide receivers, maybe the highest owned wide receiver this week when DK is going to be in single digits in ownership. Now, now we can touch on some of these Houston guys, because I'm going to have interest in multiple Houston players, starting with Will Fuller, who probably sees Sidney Jones. Yes, the resurrection of Sidney Jones. Fuller has been seeing a 20% target share this year, 24% in the red zone. So he's actually being targeted downfield, but also in the red zone as well. A 37.3% air yard market share on his team is eighth in the NFL right now. Again, those eight red zone targets is ninth. So a lot of downfield usage, a lot of red zone usage. Will Fuller is the guy that I want to play. If you take out the game that he had a goose egg because he got hurt, his overall targets per game and yards per game, everything that you're seeing would be massive at this point, right? His fantasy points per game, instead of being 19 19- will probably be top 10. Will Fuller for me at 6,800. I think he's been 6,800 for like three straight weeks. He's definitely going to be in play. And Brandon Cooks over the last three weeks has been an absolute monster. I think he'll draw some CJ Henderson this week. It's a positive matchup for him. And he's coming off of three straight games before the bye week of nine plus targets and seven plus receptions. Again, over the last month of the season, yes, after the week that everybody played him in cash and got burned, last month of the season, Brandon Cooks, in my opinion, has been the number one wide receiver from a usage standpoint on this team. Will Fuller is obviously still a very elite downfield weapon and putting up huge numbers as well. But Cooks is the more consistent guy in terms of his overall Target share. Again, nine plus targets, nine, nine, and twelve, the last three games before the bye week. On the opposite side of those Tyree Kill stacks, obviously, and whoever else you want to put in a KC stack is going to come down to what you're seeing in Carolina, where Robbie Anderson and DJ Moyer yeses for me. A neutral matchup for both of them against Brashad Brielin and also Char Vavius Ward out there. But Brielin's been elite on the year, one of the best pro football focused cornerbacks. And this is an old cornerback. He's been on a ton of teams at this point since he's come to Kansas City. And even when he was with the Packers a couple years back, has been good. Just 0.35 yards per cover route in 2020 so far. You're getting Anderson with a 27% target share 8.6 per game. So he's heavily involved, but he has not scored a touchdown since week one. Maybe he's due at this point, 23% slot usage. And then DJ Moore, same as above in terms of matchup. He's getting a 23% target share, number eight in overall air yards, 78 yards per game. Both these guys are in play. You're getting the slight discount on DJ Moore right now of $700 less. You're getting more overall volume for Anderson. So I think it's fair that you're seeing that. If you had to just look at the overall ownership, both of these guys are basically both gonna come in at like 15%. So I don't have a strong stance either way. I'd probably prefer Robbie Anderson, but both of them are gonna be my two primary options uh, in stack of Teddy Bridgewater. And honestly, you can get them both in runbacks, like have both guys in a runback, have yourself Patrick Mahomes, McCole Harmon, and like Tyreek Hill. If you can fit that all in with a good lineup elsewhere, that seems like a pretty high upside lineup overall with a lot of pieces. If that game goes for like a 60 implied total, both teams score 30 or both teams score 25 plus, it seems like you're going to account for a lot of the points in that game. Sterling Shepard, I don't know if I'm really confident in playing him in cash at $4,800, but he does great as my fourth overall point per dollar play. And out of all those guys up there, he's by far the cheapest at just $4,800. He's coming off of a couple of games now, uh, two weeks removed from this overall back injury, six plus receptions and eight plus targets in both games last week eight catches 74 yards on 10 targets his target separation so far in his limited sample is 11th overall in the nfl that's good to see he's being targeted in the slot and out wide so far this year on a 79 percent catch rate so shepherd's definitely in play and then there's a long list of a bunch of other guys if i had to pick one of these Steelers guys in a fantastic matchup it actually would be chase claypool this week he showed it yet again right he had that huge week a couple weeks back with four touchdowns he's coming off of a week with nine targets leading this team it does look like if you're just looking at an overall alpha wide receiver deontay johnson still looks like the guy that bed wants to go to the most. But if you're looking at just overall physicality, including the red zone, it looks like this could be Chase Claypool's team pretty quickly. And the nice thing is that he lines up everywhere. 35% out left, 27% on the slot, and then 38% out right. So he's all over the place right now. He'll probably see some Trevion Diggs, the rookie, not been good. Jordan Lewis, the former Michigan slot cornerback, also not been good. So it'd be a fine spot for him overall. Week eight, again, nine targets led the team, five catches, 42 yards, and the go-ahead touchdown that ended up actually sealing the deal for them. Chase Claypool has been fantastic. And if he's actually now going to get the volume, you're going to see a lot more of that. So some other options. Keep an Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson. I like both of these. Minnesota guys are like a sneaky stack for like Millie maker type stuff. Maybe even if you want to play high stakes single entry and three max. So like stacks of Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson because they're not going to throw fourteen times a game, right? Like they did last time. They're going to get back up to thirty or thirty five attempts, and that's where those guys can go off at now reduced price points in very good matchups against Detroit. Mike Williams would be my second option in any stacks. He's still just way too cheap at fifty one hundred. I'm not going to have too much Marvin Jones. He's fifty one hundred. I prefer Mike Williams there at the same price point. I also prefer Deontay Johnson at five thousand dollars. Just denying some of these like. Uh, values right now. Deontay Johnson at this $5,000 point, if he's finally going to be healthy, we've been saying this literally every single game this year, he's only going to be like 5% on this week. So that starts to look very good. Just keep in mind that both these Atlanta, both these Carolina guys, also the Seattle guys, to an extent, will be picking up a good amount of ownership. Stefan Diggs will be picking up a good amount of ownership. So that Seattle and Buffalo game will definitely be the chalk of all chalk this week. But the guys like and you have Deshaun Watts picking up ownership, but the wide receivers aren't picking up that much, like 10% ownership for both Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller this week. It's actually going to be beneficial for you. Randall Cobb, not going to pick up much at all. If you're looking for cheap dart throws, the only guy in the three K range that I like is Darnell Mooney at this point. You have T.Y. Hilton probably not going to play, but Marcus Johnson has also been banged up. So just keep an eye on what happens with that situation out there. It might actually lend itself to just better overall usage for the tight ends in Trey Burton, Jack Doyle, and Mo Ali Cox. But you also have some fill-ins in like Ashton Doolin. You also still have Zach Pascal out there. So just keep an eye on what happens with the indie wide receivers. Maybe you get some value to open up there. McCole Hardman is very close to a yes for me at 4,800. If Sammy Watkins is indeed going to miss again, I'll put McColl Hartman to a yes this week. Jerry Judy, a fine option, although I prefer Noah Fant and runbacks of Atlanta. You can get to both of them if you really want to. And then John Brown, Is a guy who I just put as a no, but he's actually probably a spot at just forty six hundred. He's just been terrible as of late. Returned in his last game, did not look good. But he's actually in a spot this week where, if the whole offense does get back on track, John Brown is likely to also get back on track for just forty six hundred dollars. So now let's quickly just close up shop at the tight end position. We're going to have Travis Kelsey, the number one tight end in a lot of different metrics, whether it's air yards at this point, his target share right now of eight point four targets per game, twenty three percent is number one in the NFL, number one in air yards, twenty four percent slot usage, he has seventy six yards per game. All these things lead all tight ends. His sixteenth overall rank on Jock Market. I actually think is pretty decent. He's going to be in play. I'll probably get him in a lot of groups. I'm going to be paying up for a lot of tight ends. The issue, though, is like if I'm not getting him in groups, Carolina or Kansas City team or game stacks, then I'm probably going to end up getting a lot of Darren Waller. The problem there is that Darren Waller is going to be the chalk of all chalk at the tight end position. I don't think it's going to be crazy, like not 30 plus percent owned, but you probably see 15 to 20 percent Darren Waller. I have him at 18 percent right now. And it's hard not to like it. He's currently, for again, like the second or third week in a row, my number one. Like he's going to explode one of these weeks. Like he basically has like half the games or 60% of the games this year. He's by far my number one point per dollar tight end this week at 15.8 fantasy points. I have him for just one less fantasy point than Kelsey, even though he's $1,400 cheaper. He's ran a ton of routes, 10th most overall. He's seen right now a 28% target share and right now a 33% red zone target share. Both of those are number one for tight ends that have any sort of a decent sample size. He's third in fantasy points per game right now and seventh in target separation. Waller will be in play for me. He's a strong cash option. If you have the money, he's definitely in play in GPPs. It's just a matter of getting different elsewhere. And then after that, a couple of guys who are going to filter in, I'm going to be getting to some Hunter Henry. He'll be chalky, no doubt about it, 15% owned or so. He's, Finding in those stacks uh, Hayden Hurst is fine in Denver stacks matchup against Justin Simmons is definitely not good but it's still a good option to go to coming off a of back-to-back seven target games and a guy that I actually like a lot this week because he's just 4,600 and I'm projecting him for a good amount more than I think probably most of the industry is but I like Noah Fant this week because look he, he was not healthy two weeks ago and then last week after the game he said that he felt healthy and he had nine targets he got seven passes there and he's still going to be in my opinion the number one run back against an Atlanta team that is just getting absolutely decimated Deion Jones individual matchup for Atlanta is decent against Noah Fant but in general they're absolutely terrible in the middle of the field and allowing Titans to just destroy them this year. He plays 22% slot, Noah Fant, 9% out wide, back to back seven plus target games, at least five targets in every game this season. That's very good to see. Even though he's 4,600, you're getting consistency there in his usage. After the game, he said he felt back to normal last week and he had nine targets, cut seven for 47 yards. He's underpriced this week. I prefer Noah Fant then Jerry Judy in that order. Fine to get both of them in back options if you want to full on game stack it, but I like Noah Fant a good amount this week. Evan Ingram is still not picking up ownership for whatever reason. Like he's only right now coming in at 5% on Might make him that one dude for me because Evan Ingram has been good over the last couple weeks weeks. The concern is that this can end at any time if the pressure of Washington gets to Daniel Jones, but you're getting a fine matchup here, in my opinion, for Evan Ingram. The price point is way too cheap at $4,300. He's coming off of back-to-back big games, and he's right now fourth in overall tight end slot usage. He's third in route to run for tight ends. He's first in route participation. He just doesn't block. He just goes down the field, right? Third overall on targets, seeing a 19% red zone share. Evan Ingram would be a yes. So those are my yeses at tight end, right? Travis Kelsey, Waller, Fonts, Evan Ingram, Hayden Hurst, and Hunter Henry. All of them can basically get into any stack that I want, probably outside of Waller in his team stacks, but he'll be a nice run back for Justin Herbert stacks. So they're all fine in stacking options. If I had to look for some guys in cash, like Darren Waller probably starts to look pretty good in cash. If you want to pay up for it, If you don't want to pay up for it. Evan Ingram looks fine in cash. The punt options this week, Will Disley, but he's not that great, obviously. Like Will Disley is coming off of probably being the primary guy in this offense, at least. So the goal is to just play the good tight ends as one-offs and pay off for like a Waller or a Noah Fant or a Kelsey, or try and get some in my stacks. And uh, unfortunately for us, all this can work. If you want to look for punt options, I mean, Mark Andrews at 4,800 is okay. Not going to have much. Eric Ebron at 4,500, now priced up, prefer Noah Fan, but he's still okay to look at. Same. Thing for guys like John W. Smith. Logan Thomas coming off the bye has been getting more catchable passes. He's only $3,700 and used in the red zone. Seems to actually have a nice connection with Kyle Allen, and Dwayne Haskins was just overthrowing him every time. So at $3,700, he'll probably just be absolutely unowned this week. But if Evan Ingram's unowned, I'd rather just go to Ingram for a couple hundred dollars more. You like to look for punts at tight end to close up the show. The only ones that I see this week, $2,900 Irv Smith, if the thinking is that they're obviously going to throw more than 14 times this week for the wide receivers to be decent, well, Irv Smith at $2,900 probably then sees his like four target role that he's been seeing as of late when they actually throw the ball. And then Will Dis- at twenty seven hundred dollars, also throwing Trey Burton at thirty five hundred. Price points not moving, but he's been relying on rushing touchdowns in the red zone. But it seems like it's actually a thing that's in their playbook now. that's happened multiple times. But this leaves the only Seattle tight end that would touch. He ran a season high thirty one routes run in Week Seven, and he saw four targets, which is also a season high. But then the week after that again, San Fran, he's blocking a little bit more. He still plays a season high in snaps though, which is encouraging sixty eight percent, but only runs twelve routes. So at twenty seven hundred dollars, if you get a little bit of an in between here to where he's like running twenty routes now, seeing three targets, you're hoping that one of them finds the end zone. At twenty seven hundred dollars, he's at least a punt play. Not high on it like we were a couple weeks back when we had a punt play and harrison bryant but we're going to at least be talking about it to an extent so thanks so much for tuning into the week nine closing thoughts video hopefully you enjoyed the way that the show laid out hopefully there's gonna be like 10,000 plus of you that watch this so if you're still here at this point not all of you will be but please do hit the like button a big old subscribe button pops up If you want to support me on patreon where we now have ownership projections as of my recording this of today ownership projections uh, rankings a normal point projections a bunch of stuff A closing thoughts podcast on sunday where we go through gpp strategy how to just set up your optimizers how to do a bunch of things to basically win the dollar ruskies because the more informed you are the better the chance of winning. So please do check that out. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore underscore link down below. Check out Jock Market. Their app is in the description. Appreciate you all tuning in. We have an NFL props video also out this week. Check out all the other content on the channel. Saturday, that one dude and Sunday's live stream will be going up at 10 a.m. East Coast time. I'll see you all there. Have a great rest of your day and peace out game.